I'm reasonably confident that inflation will be a general theme of the coming decades. I believe this because inflationary fiscal, monetary, and demographic pressures in the United States have been accumulating for a long time. Nevertheless, when I say this to people during a barbecue or a happy hour, I often hear something like this in response. Inflation's been low for many years. What makes you think that's going to change? I sympathize with this line of reasoning, and I can see why someone would make that type of statement, but their objection is incomplete. First, there's an implication that inflation is a well-defined and universally understood idea. That's not the case. Inflation is a complicated and fluid topic, and it's very difficult to objectively measure. Second, there's an unspoken but assumed idea that inflation is about consumer prices specifically. This is not quite right because asset prices can inflate also, and in fact, the type of inflation I expect in the future is mostly of the asset price variety, not the consumer price variety. That distinction is very important. So in an effort to clarify my views on inflation, Laura is going to ask me a few questions about the topic. So Laura, what, uh, what questions do you have? Thanks, Matt. Our first question is, what do most people think of when they hear the word inflation? I think when most people hear the word inflation, they're thinking of an increase in the price of everyday goods like food, gas, entertainment, basic electronics, and stuff like that. When people watch the news and hear something like inflation last year was 1.2%, they probably think it means that the prices of groceries and utilities broadly increased by about 1.2% on average over the course of that year. While it makes a lot of sense on the surface to view inflation this way, it's actually incomplete. There are nuances that are important to recognize. So how is inflation officially measured? The federal government measures inflation using the Consumer Price Index, or CPI for short. The CPI measures the prices of a basket of goods and compares it to a base year. So for example, if you choose the year 2000 as your base year and take a basket of consumer prices in that year, and you take the same basket of goods in the year 2020 and compare the prices to the year 2000, you get the rate of inflation as determined by the CPI between the year 2000 and the year 2020. So when you hear the word inflation mentioned in the news or in an article, it's talking about an increase in a predetermined basket of consumer goods, and that has nothing to do with asset prices. Could you explain the difference between asset price inflation and consumer price inflation? Yes, and this distinction is very important. Asset price inflation and consumer price inflation do not necessarily have to go up at the same time and in recent decades, they haven't. In fact, they can even exert opposing pressure on each other. Asset prices inflate when an increasing number of dollars chases a relatively fixed number of assets. Dollar supply growth comes primarily from an expansion of bank credit, and that debt has to be serviced. Servicing debt takes some of the cash flow that assets produce out of the real economy where it would otherwise have been spent chasing consumer goods. So in other words, instead of bidding up the prices of consumer goods, a portion of the cash flow just flows back into the banks as a service on the debt. 
An economy that grows primarily on credit expansion exerts upward pressure on asset prices and downward pressure on consumer, uh, consumer prices. If the investment came completely out of savings, there would be no debt to service and the cash flows would circulate in the consumer goods market instead of being retired at a bank. As a corollary, the savings rate in the United States has been on a 60-year decline. There isn't a lot of savings to drive real investment, so capital investment primarily has to come from debt. Corporate debt is also the highest it's been in our nation's history, at about 50% of GDP, which helps explain why asset prices are higher than ever and consumer prices are relatively unchanged, despite a massive increase in the money supply since the Great Recession. The run-up in the money supply has gone into the asset markets, not into consumer goods markets. Essentially, there are two things that are happening at the same time. Record corporate debt means that the liabilities column of corporate balance sheets is expanding, which necessitates an equivalent expansion on the asset side of the balance sheet if corporations want to continue borrowing. All that corporate debt needs to be serviced, which means less cash flow is going towards hiring employees and increasing salaries, which would in turn flow into the consumer goods market. So in short, Asset price inflation somewhat crowds out consumer price inflation because cash flows are directed towards debt pay down rather than consumption. That's interesting. Why do you think asset price inflation will be a bigger theme going forward than consumer price inflation? The Fed has to keep assets on corporate balance sheets sufficiently high to encourage borrowing, which drives up capital investment and grows the economy. The type of quantitative easing the Fed has used in the past was designed to drive up money into assets. If the Fed wanted to increase consumer prices instead of asset prices, they would give that newly created money directly to consumers instead of to financial institutions. They did that a little bit during the COVID-19 crisis, but it was nowhere near the scale of the quantitative easing programs that have propped up the asset markets. In fact, it's almost imperative that the Fed not let consumer prices increase too quickly because government programs like Social Security are indexed to the CPI. So the Fed has to do two things at once. It's trying to keep asset prices high to keep businesses borrowing, but it's also trying to keep consumer prices relatively stable to keep its Social Security payments in check. This is why quantitative easing has taken the shape it has over the, uh, over the last decade, and its favored asset prices over consumer prices. When you say that you think inflation will play a role in the future investment landscape, can you clarify what you mean? I believe that asset price inflation will be a major theme over the coming decades. Now, this is not to say there will not be some periods where asset prices decline significantly, but my belief is that these times will be relatively short and that the Federal Reserve will do whatever it takes to repair balance sheets in order to encourage borrowing and capital investment. The Fed witnessed what happened to Japan and how a major asset price collapse can cripple a debt-driven economy. I think they'll do whatever it takes to prevent that from happening in the United States, just as Ben Bernanke outlined in his speech, deflation, making sure it doesn't happen here, which he gave before he became Fed chairman. We're already in a massive asset price inflation trend and have been for about 10 years. I anticipate this trend will generally continue and perhaps even accelerate into the future. 
albeit with a few contractions along the way. As for consumer price inflation, that's harder to predict, but I think the government will try to keep CPI relatively low for the sake of keeping their unfunded liabilities under control, meaning Social Security in particular. The important thing to remember is that when someone says inflation, they're usually talking about consumer goods, not assets, which is a major distinction. What action can investors take to protect themselves and even thrive in an inflationary environment? In an environment of asset price inflation, it makes sense to buy an equity position in assets with fixed debt and let the Federal Reserve help build your equity position. Investing in multifamily syndications is one of the best ways to do this. Cash is a bit of a wild card. On the one hand, if we believe that the dollar will continue to fall against assets, it makes sense to get out of dollars and into assets. This is not to say that an investor should just put their cash into assets without thoroughly considering the asset in question, uh, because there is an opportunity cost to deploying capital. Nevertheless, if you believe that the dollar will continue to fall against assets in the coming decades, exiting dollars in favor of assets financed with conservative debt is something to consider. The investment vehicles to avoid during inflation are debt instruments, the most common being bonds. The real interest rate paid by bonds in a period of inflation is far lower than the nominal rate, and the bond ties up capital as debt, which does not rise with inflation. Being long on fixed rate bonds in a period of inflation is not ideal. Thanks, Matt. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Multifamily Economics with Matt Rose. Please leave us a review on iTunes, which will increase our visibility and help us grow. If you'd like to discuss multifamily investing with me personally, please go to the contact us page on our website, darbyrosecapital.com. Thank you.